Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight, like always, I am joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that consists of Katie. Hi. Emma. Hey. And Micah. At this point, we've been together so long, I feel like we are our own horror movie trope. (laughs) So sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 2020 American anthology horror comedy film, Scare Package. If you don't know the rules, you'll never make it out alive. Or Seven Directors, Seven Tales of Terror, Zero Working Cell Phones. Or Rent Six Movies and a Seventh is Free. I like that one. Oh, that's a good one. Micah's got one too. Say hi to the founding fathers, asshole. Yep. (laughs) Hit that music. Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 287 of this illustrious podcast in chapter four in anthology horror. So that is the type of horror where you have a big old frame narrative, one big story, and then Little tiny little ducklings of scary stories following behind as they cross the street. So I was thinking of the final pick in our month of anthology films, some of my favorite types of scary. And I remembered that I'd watched a first part of a now two-part series. Hopefully they make another one. But I watched Scare Package recently and it was on Shudder. And it is, I'll talk about it later, but... It was very different from a lot of anthology films. And uh, one of the arguments I've always had about all the anthology films we watched, this one was different. It actually gave me what I wanted. But for the uninitiated, Scare Package is, like I said, it's a anthology film. So short horror films built into a frame narrative, which I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler, acts as its own horror film at one point. So the frame narrative focuses on Chad Buckley. So he owns a video store and uh, I don't think it's just horror, but he loves horror movies. I guess it would be me if I had, I guess, a a blockbuster. I guess I would do, I I wouldn't act like him. He's crazy, but he's just struggling and he takes on a new hire. His name is Han and it's just one day in the life of Chad and Han and how everything just goes bananas. And so instead of a evil VHS system showing us stories, it's movies in the video store. And I thought that was a really cool and easy way to be like, oh, that's why the movie was playing because we're in a store and someone put it on. Or someone's like, hey, did you see that one movie about that that melty dude? Like, no, what was that about? And then they talk about it. And I thought that was a pretty sweet way. So, Emma, what did you think about Scare Package? It was pretty hilarious, actually. I cackled quite a bit. I am really proud of one of my seven words. My seven words actually made me laugh almost harder than the movie did. And so I was like, great. Fucking lit. But no, I really liked it because it's all the tropes that we always talk about, that we always joke about, and all in one movie basically set up like hatchet and i loved it it was great micah uh it was delightful uh very much along the lines of hatchet in its production quality and everything it's nice to have an anthology film where the production quality stays consistent for all of it (laughs) um i thought it was over the top and ridiculous but it seemed like they really cared about this one like it, it was just it was just fun and goofy and everybody bought into it and so it was just a good time. Katie. Uh I really liked it. I thought it was significantly better than um ABCs of Death, especially part one. But it was good. I appreciated the frame narrative in this one more than I have in most of the other anthology movies that we've watched hey, Katie beat me this to year. It. <laughs> yeah. So Katie brought up what I was going to bring up at right now, but 
usually the frame narrative of anthology stories, it's usually pretty weak because you got to have a reason that Micah is watching these scary stories. And sometimes they don't even explain why he watches them and they just play by themselves. The last couple of VHS movies, which I've loved them, but the stories just happen. And I'm fine with that. I, I understand that that they know that, that they don't have to explain it anymore. I'm fine with that. But it's cool to see a movie where there was a reason the movies were playing. And I thought that was really, really spiffy. Uh, spoilers, uh, the frame narrative. That's my favorite part of this movie. It made me smile. The last, I'd say, 30, 40 minutes of this movie was probably some of the coolest meta horror movie-ish stuff I've seen in a hot ass minute so it's a fun one that's a very fun one i would check it out it, amazon or shutter i think they're connected technically so absolutely give this movie a shot it's a fun one so what we'll do we'll talk about the frame narrative and then the stories and technically it kind of goes out of order we actually get a cold open <laughs> it's a story within a story and it's actually called cold open and it, it's weird. It's all in this weird, goofy order. But uh, I'll, I'll do my best to get through this. But I will tell you, I'm probably not going to give it the 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 just desserts that it, that it honestly deserves. So scare package, thumbs up from everybody, it sounds like. So the movie starts with cold open is what the story is called. And we meet up with Mike Myers. Uh, he likes to go by. No, he goes by Mike. Because he didn't want to go by Michael Myers because, you know, the killer. For obvious reasons. (laughs) So an unknown person keeps handing Mike these notes and he is tasked with setting up horror movie circumstances for victims in movies. So he says the words, I go into movies and I set up the scary things in the movie. And I was like, that's a weird sentence. Later on, we it makes more sense. But Mike knows he's in a movie and he can hop into other movies. Like, it's weird. So he's a background character. He's not supposed to be talked to or seen. Some background characters get murdered in movies. But Mike, he's just there. And so we see from the beginning that there is <laughs> a, what, like an arrow on a, on a stick saying like a insane asylums one direction and then like a camps the other way. And the note tells him that he needs to switch that arrow and make it go reverse. And then we see some campers come up. They're like, I just, I just can't wait to camp and get naked and have sex all night. He's like, what are you doing? The crazy house that way. And so they go, unfortunately, toward the direction of the insane asylum. And that's just set up a movie. So as he's talking to his friend, he actually tells her that, He's been doing this for a while. He's been planting satanic relics in an attic, fooling a a couple into buying a haunted house. And like the haunted little girls just standing outside the door and he's just making sure they don't look back and see her setting up cursed dolls. And Mike tells his friend she's a cop and she has her own issues because she says that she aims at these bad guys, their heads, but she keeps hitting them in their left shoulder. And she's like, I just don't get it. I aim right at their head and just hits him in the shoulder. So weird. And Mike tells his friend Wendy that he wants to be the actual character in a movie just once. And not just be at the beginning and then die or something happened to him. He wants to, and with his specific words, he says, he wants to pop up at the end and save save someone from the, the monster. You know, I don't know, blow him up or something. He wants to save the day. And she's like, well, you got to put things into your own hands. You can't just wait for it to happen. You got to do it yourself. So Mike, (laughs) I guess he gets tasked with another mission. And so he goes to this house where two women are babysitting on Halloween. And he cuts the power to the house. But instead of leaving like he's supposed to, he stays, which makes him look super creepy and weird because he has like the pliers in his like pocket the 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 wire cutters in his pocket and they see it and unfortunately for mike it's just like i don't know kismet destiny that these two girls were supposed to die so he like what what oh the first girl impales herself 
uh, she slips on some candy and she so she stabs herself. He takes the what, the wire cutters out of her neck and he accidentally stabs the other girl and just blood sprays everywhere. He puts a mask on to stop the blood from hitting him in the face. So now he has a weird mask on and a jumper. Looks a lot like Michael Myers. She, uh, the girl that fell didn't end up stabbing herself with candy. She fell and like jammed the fucking scissors into her own throat. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it all fell apart. And he's, Mike's like, damn it. I, I just really wanted to help. I'm sorry. And we see Wendy open the door and she shoots the killer and she hits him in the shoulder. She's like, damn it. I keep doing that. And it's daylight. And so she talks to Mike and Mike's like, I really tried to help. And they're like, oh, there was a kid upstairs. He's like, oh, I can go help the kid. He's like, no, no, no. Stay down here. You've, you've helped enough tonight. And Mike seems very disappointed in himself. He just wanted to help out. Uh, hopefully we see him at the end of the movie. And so uh, it's really funny. One line that they say is like, oh, wow, it's, it's daylight. I didn't know it was like so many hours went by. He's like, yeah, daylight. They like showing at the end of a horror movie gives you hope he's like huh well you know and then they walk off we see that that story was already within a story and we see that chad is getting a ride somewhere (laughs) from chad so yeah mike is getting a ride from chad and he tells him like i don't know man that story's like real meta like it's super duper deep like a movie and a movie and a movie I don't know if that would work out, man. <laughs> and so as Chad drives off, he lifts the top to his vehicle. And hey, it's the same car from the first Nightmare on Elm Street, along with the red and green stripes on top. And Chad just like stops Mike from talking like Shh, and just waits for it to like slowly come over. And he drives off. And oh, he tells him like, hey, man, don't don't pick up any hitchhikers, man. That's, that's how a horror movie start. <laughs> so. We see Chad opens up his video store, Rad Chad's Horror Emporium. And fun fact, the light up screen outside, it is very close to Joe Bob Briggs' uh, drive-in movie title screen. So if you watch Shudder right now, he has been doing the last drive-in for multiple years. He was like, this is my last scary movie that I'm reviewing. Psych, I'm coming back. And he's been doing it for a hot ass minute now. And they're still they're on the last drive in season like seven now. Uh, he is a really knowledgeable horror movie reviewer, normal movies too. very funny, old and grumpy man. And in this movie, he was very funny and grumpy toward Chad. So uh, that's why Chad freaks out later in this movie when he sees him. It, there's a very good reason because he's a very cool person. So we see that Chad has one person that just keeps popping up into his store and stays there all day it seems his name is sam and sam wants to work at rad chad's horror emporium and chad's like no i'm not i don't want you to be here because he sam seems like a very annoying and shitty person so (laughs) another person applies for the same position and chad instantly hires him he's like yep yeah, yeah yeah you're in and his name is han and so uh, very quiet and soft-spoken. Well, it's two same thing. It was redundant of me. So Han is a soft-spoken, pretty nice guy that he hires. And so at this point in the movie, we see Han is going through his first day learning about the Horror Emporium. And then the movies pop on. So Sam is at the counter with a movie that he wants to rent. And he actually describes the opening of the movie which takes us to our first story, One Time in the Woods. So One Time in the Woods, we have Trip, Mark, Don, and Brenda. They're camping in the woods. And we see Mark, he steps into some weird goo, and he thinks it's like guts from an animal or something like that. And a crazy man pops up, and he tells them, hey, you guys got to help me. I'm going to kill all of you. And one of the girls, she's just like, keeps drinking her drink actually brenda just keeps drinking her big gulp he's like seriously i'm gonna change and i'm gonna be all like you gotta do something so they kind of just watch him and he starts changing and he starts like 
melting and turning into this gooey weird monster. So Don and Brenda, the two ladies, they start beating him up with sticks. They just pick up sticks and they're hitting him. And he's like, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. I need silver. And so they take off a couple of like things off for their, you know, their person. So they throw a watch at him, but the watch, it was fake. And the earrings is not enough silver. And then we see Trip puts on silver handcuffs on the man as he is changing. And now he is like 92% goo. And he's like the skull of a person and is talking. And the goo man is like, hey, why that dude have like handcuffs? That was weird. And the rest of the group is like, why do you have handcuffs, Trip? And then Don is like, were those handcuffs for me? And he's like, yeah. And oh, holy shit, Trip is the backwoods slasher. <laughs> and he puts this weird ass mask on. And boy, howdy, Trip is super strong. So he like squeezes people. Mark like throws an axe and hits this guy in a dick with it. And so that random guy is down. Trip like bear hugs the guy, or uh, Mark, and squeezes his like intestines and shit and blood out of him. You are deceptively like, strong, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Don and Brenda they run off and Brenda like runs into like the strongest branch of a tree and like stabs her face up and then Trip throws a rock at her head and then her head explodes I was like my god <laughs> so Don runs back to the campsite and the gooey guy is like hey man help I can help you out just like you know we can come up with a plan Trip is chasing her slips in the goo and falls on the axe that is in the guy's dick. So the tail end of the axe hits him in the face and he's dead. Hooray. The backwoods slasher is dead. So the gooey guy asks Don to like help him out because some of his goo got separated. Like, hey, can you push some of that goo back? You because consolidate I, the goo. <laughs> yeah. When I turn back, I just want to make sure all the goo is there because I don't know what's going to happen if my all my goo isn't where I should be. And I just her hands were too close to his mouth. And the gooey guy bites Don. And he's like, I thought I could hold it back. I'm sorry. That's on me. That's on me. And she instantly starts turning. And she gets her hand connected to the other side of the handcuffs. And so now they're both gooey and upset. And Don's like, how about we just sit quietly? And the gooey guy is like, I can stay quiet all day. He's like, fine with me. And then he's about, like, okay. You stay, you stay on your half. This, this yeah. half of the goo is going to be my half. This half is going to be yours. <laughs> <laughs> and that is one time in the woods. And it's funny. Every time we go back to the frame narrative, they're always doing something weird. So Sam has zip tied himself to Han and he's like pouring water or soda on himself. He's like, blah, 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 blah. I think it was like the, the soda rings from a pack of bottles or cans or something. Because it came off super easy. I don't think it was zip ties. I think it was just like the, the rings that hold bottles together. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> and also, at this point, we see Sam. He No, he does not leave at this point. He proceeds to hide in the horror emporium. And he's going to try to ruin Han's first day and get him fired. And then it'll make him look better in, in Chad's eyes. It's a silly plan, but it, that's, that's all he got. <laughs> so... At this point, like I told you, the movies just start. So we get another one called Mister, and it's Mister with all the letters spaced out. So like M period I dot like that. So it spells something, and we'll see what it is. So we meet up with a guy at a bar. He's a husband, and he is chatting with the bartender. And I have an idea about that weird bartender because he was saying some weird stuff, but then some of his words were specific i was like okay i got a feeling about you sir so the husband goes to the bathroom and he notices a flyer for an organization called mister which stands for men in serious turmoil establishing rights so <laughs> he has been getting some pushback from his wife at home because of his lack of effort with the family and wants him to be like the man of the house and it's like you know you got to start what's the word you need to start trying more i think that's what she was going for or providing for us so the husband he goes to a mister meeting 
And the leader is giving the guys a talk about it's <laughs> how they how they need to fight back from their neutered lives. And there are it, it's a lot of dog references. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's cool, I guess, you know, metaphors like that. But we get a lot of complaining from the guys about their wives. And it's a lot of really dumb things they're fussing about, you know, and it's like, uh, what, something about a toilet seat and just really dumb things that you see. There's also a really funny reference. One of the actors that is an active member in that Mr. Group also is in a show called you're the worst and he is he joins a men's rights group in the show as well so it's funny to see him portray that role again in in this it was just random it was like hey that's that's the guy that's the guy from you're the worst I was like, oh shit <laughs> there he is again <laughs> so we see the leader sees the husband and he's like hey we're having a get together like later tonight uh, at a football field, I assume. And he's like, you should come out. He's like, yeah, I think I will. And so at the field, we see that the group, they turn into werewolves. <laughs> so I guess that's the, I don't know, toxic masculinity is coming out as werewolves, maybe. I don't know. There's a metaphor here somewhere about that. And so the husband was prepared and he's got weapons and he kills each werewolf in different ways he's impaling them uh stabbing the shit out of him has a shotgun and puts his wedding ring into the shotgun loads it and shoots it and just blows a hole in this guy's chest and hooray he well one werewolf just ran off in fear but he killed almost the group of werewolves and then the husband comes back to the party his wife is uh hosting and he shows her some of the werewolf fur that he skinned from one of the wolves and everybody is so excited, and the wife is just proud of him. He's like, that's awesome. You got that. And he's like, sorry I'm late. You know, I was out here. He's like, I just want to provide, you know? And so here's my contribution. And we see that the wife and the husband and their friends are part of some cult or weird group because they all put on black robes, and they start a ceremony with a pentagram in the middle of the floor. And then the camera zooms in on the wall and it's live, laugh, and love. <laughs> I died at that point. I laughed way too hard. As every time we go back to the frame narrative, we get a little bit more and the movie starts to slowly form into a thriller because there is a room in the back of the store and Chad tells Han, do not go in there. And he makes the most serious face and it says like, you know, do not open, you know, it's and the music gets scary. And Han's like, I got to know what's in there. And Chad keeps like kind of threatening him, like, don't go in there. It's just, something's going to happen if you go in there. He's like, oh, shit. And so uh, this at this point in the movie, it's Han's journey to getting closer and closer to that room and just fighting off Sam because that is an annoying man. So. Our next story is Girls' Night Out of Body. So we see two ladies in a convenience store. And there is a person outside of the store just breathing really heavy. And there's a couple of scenes in the story where it's just from the point of view of someone else looking at the girls. So in the store, they notice this lollipop that looks like a human skull. And it says not for sale. So you know what people want to do when something's not for sale and they want it? They take it. It's like gremlins. Like, oh, not for sale. Well, okay, I'm going to get that goddamn gizmo. So one of the gals steals the lollipop. And so at their hotel, and Katie, I think you said it was in a specific place because they filmed in... In Pismo. I think it was the Madonna Hotel, but I'm not 100% sure. Or yeah. the Madonna Inn Yeah. in Slow County. Yeah, because uh, their hotel was crazy pink and so it's like oh that must be a, like a specific place so the stalker is following them because once again we get an angle from another car and that person's just kind of watching them so back at the hotel the girls they turn on music and they're starting a party and one of the girls shows off the lollipop she stole and two of the ladies lick the lollipop 
and we see that her face changes into like a skull it looks like the same form like the lollipop they start freaking out and the two girls are absolutely freaking out because their faces are candy skulls and the last girl she calls the store asking for help and the store owner just starts laughing (laughs) and the last girl reaches for the lollipop and then puts it over her face and then the stalker like was trying to sneak in and they like jump him and he's he's dead in the room and they start dancing and that's the end of the story i was confused <laughs> our next story is called and i'm ve- i love this title the night he came back again part four the final kill so they have amalgamated three different movies for sure into that title so part four that is actually take it back part four might be friday 13th i think part four was called the final kill oh it might just be it might just be a jason thing excuse me i'm sorry about that so we get daisy and greg they are in bed making out getting busy and we see that someone's in the closet kind of watching them the window breaks open and a masked killer climbs through the window but before daisy can get murdered like you know unprotected sex people get they zap the ever living shit out of this killer they they legit light him up and so they tie this killer down in the garage and then they start to murder him so daisy tells the killer and her friends that this killer keeps killing her friends and boyfriends every year and just keeps returning and so she gets a knife and stabs the killer in the chest Hooray! The killer's the oh no, he's not. The killer wakes up and she starts to just perforate his chest and he he gets quiet. And Greg, her boyfriend, shitty boyfriend, is like, the killer's dead, babe. Now you can relax. We can we can finally have sex. And he like releases the killer's one arm from the table. And then the killer just uh what does he do to the killer? Yes. And then the killer just stabs him in the back of the head with a knife. And he's starting to wiggle. He's trying to get the fuck out. And they, they tie him back down. And so they shock his body with jumper cables. They put it on nipples at first, but then they put it on the neck. And Seth, he is one of the friends and he was um, pre-med. He gets close with a stethoscope, but a little bit of electricity leaves the body and explodes his head. I love that moment because he literally, she goes, be careful. And he goes, it's okay. I'm pre-med. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a really cool idea. And I've never seen this before in a movie, but they stuff his body full of firecrackers. They get like a crowbar and like snap his like jaw open. And then the firecrackers go off and the killer's body falls in half and hooray. Unfortunately, one of the friends, Chloe picks up the bottom half of the killer and the legs wake up. And start choking her the fuck out. Those thighs are super strong. Now, I don't understand the justification here, but Will, the nice guy, grabs the intestines and then, like, strings it up. I guess he was trying to, like, make the legs let go. But Chloe gets choked out by the legs and dies. And I was like, what the fuck was that about? But you got to find a way to get everybody dead. So Will professes his love to Daisy. says, I loved you. And I, I think I'm perfect for you. And they're about to kiss. Hooray. And then the killer wakes up. And so Daisy grabs a shotgun and tells Will to unmask the killer. Now, when the mask gets taken away, I guess the killer is attractive. And Daisy hesitates. And then the killer grabs Will and chokes him out. And Will dies. And I was like, what the fuck? So... Daisy finally pulls the trigger on the shotgun and blows a hole in the killer's head. And then she rents a wood chipper. As she is shoving the killer's body into the wood chipper, he wakes up and he says, I'm your brother. And then he gets mushed up real good. Man, that's that's a weird thing to say at the end. And so as she walks off, it's 4th of July. The killer's reformed ham comes out of a pool of blood. I will say... I saw a, what was it, a trailer? I watched something. And in the second scare package, we get a part two. So 
we do see what happens to Daisy in her adventures with a killer that just won't stop. And it's her brother. So, like I said, something comes of that. So, at this point, it's getting real weird. And Han actually goes into the dark room and he turns on. There's a movie called, was it said, Watch Me, right? Mm-hmm. He puts the tape in and he sees, you would think, the last story of this movie, but it's not. But it is called So Much to Do. So, one thing that's really cool for me and Katie, So Much to Do was written and directed by Baron Vaughn. Now, that name might not mean anything to some people, but he is one of the children from Grace and Frankie. Bud. And he is the new voice of Tom Servo in a 2017 version of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And he is an awesome Tom Servo because he sings and he's actually got a good voice. So... Tom has a black voice and he can sing. It's awesome. So uh, you see a lot of Baron Vaughn in this. There's a TV show that's playing and he plays everybody in it. And it was weird, but it was just an excuse for him to look stupid at the camera. (laughs) So, so much to do. It opens with the, I don't know, a dude getting tied up into the back of a trunk of a car. And so two mysterious men drop the guy into a gravesite. And then he tells them, like, hey, I have so much to do. Don't do this. And one of the guys, like, takes a glove off and burns the symbol of the Omega into his head and kicks him into the grave. And then they bury him. Uh, Later on, Francesca is her name. She's sitting in a car in a fucking yard somewhere, a field. I don't know where she was. And she's talking about life with her friend. And there's a TV show that she does not want to be spoiled on because she is going to catch up to the show tonight and then watch the new episode. And this giant smoke, this fog, covers the car. And she had a cigarette and she threw it out. She thought that she set the grass on fire. And that was actually pretty responsible of her. She hops out real quick and finds the cigarette, but it didn't burn anything. She gets back in the car and she sees that guy from the beginning of the movie. And he's... I don't know, scary as hell. She tries to drive off, but the spirit jumps into her body. And the man, actually controlling her body now, heads home. And the voice says that they have so much to do. So the man gets home and turns on the TV. (laughs) And it's the show. And it's um, Battle of the Mages. I think that's the name of it. And the show starts. And I, Francesca has some of the, the strongest willpower I've seen in a movie. And she tells this guy that's controlling her body that get out of my body. And so they proceed to have a fight. And Francesca... She doesn't want the show spoiled. For yeah. So like I said, she's fighting against time and an evil spirit to get her body back. And Francesca is actually really good at fighting. She's pretty fucking great at it. And so finally, at the end of the fight, she, I guess they kind of agree. It's a weird situation. So she's holding the remote to the TV and the bad guy has the batteries and she makes his face. She's like, okay, okay. And they get really close to each other. He puts the batteries back into the remote and she grabs the remote and it uppercuts him and he just disappears. And she's like, I did it and turns the TV off. And then she proceeds to like fall over. Because you realize she's been beating the shit out of herself this whole time. So to, so yes and no, there was a bad guy there. But she was probably just punching herself and throwing herself around the room. So Francesca, she hops into the car because she's going to take herself to like the hospital. <laughs> and she looks at her phone and her friend spoils the end of the show. She's like, oh my God, the twin died. And she's like, God damn it. So she went through all of this. So she hops in the car and drives off. And those two mysterious men from the beginning of the movie follow her. So it'd be cool if we got a part two to this, but Francesca can fight. So I hope those guys are ready. This homegirl, she's real good at fighting. So it's funny. At this part of the movie, Han gets found out. Chad knows that he's been in that room and now he's got to show him. He's like, okay, you didn't see all of it, but now I got to show you. He turns on the lights in the room 
he made this welcome like first day like streamers and his name up on top it was very cute and he had a, welcome a cake party yeah welcome party and he had a cake for him and so he's not that disappointed about it he's like well you like cake and it's funny chad's like oh man like you know like one of the worst tropes that happens in movies is when like just out of nowhere the character just gets caught off guard with like someone turning evil for no reason and as he is talking han picks up something heavy and knocks chad the fuck out and chad just goes down i was like oh my god han's evil (laughs) so now the movie this frame narrative is now the final story and its name is horror hypothesis has a damn good name so chad wakes up in a giant room and we see that han is part of a scientific group and they are running experiments on a serial killer known as the devil's lake impaler and it's it's very funny so this part of the movie it gets really meta so they are doing studies on why killers just catch people and people fall a lot when they're within a certain distance to the killer they just have to trip and fall or why cars don't start when killers are a little too close uh just things like that and i thought like that's really fucking cool like it it, it's tropes that we see all the time in movies but now someone's like oh there's a scientific explanation why that happens it's a because science on horror movie tropes yeah (laughs) so chad wakes up and he is in a room with other people and chad instantly figures out that they're in a horror movie because everyone is a typical horror movie stereotype we got a jock a stoner a slutty girl as far as he knows and a black guy (laughs) and a final girl so it's funny he goes around he's like okay you're the jock you're the stoner you're the slut like you don't know me it's like hey i'm just it's the 80s man i'm not i'm not trying to be an asshole and he looks over at the black guy and the black guy's like you sure you want to do this and he's like i I I thought i heard an accent i just i'm just gonna say something else (laughs) i'm gonna say that so one by one obviously the people get killed but we meet up with the first girl and her name is christine and so they do the experiment about a killer being close enough to someone and while you're running you just fall so she's trying her best to run from the monster they're both on treadmills and the killer is like walking and then the person studying her is like hey the killer's gonna get you you gotta run you gotta run and she just keeps falling like i just don't get it they just keep falling and they run in a straight line so in the background of a lot of these scenes there are tons of uh, nods to other movies little tidbits fun facts things like that so i'll tell you one one little cool one that we read and i'm like that made a lot of sense there is a checklist on a whiteboard behind the group later on and it says one increase projectile accuracy two friendly fire Three, the window theory. Four, hero complex. Five, fool's last stand. Six, stoner wishbone. And seven, one last jump scare. And I read that and I was like, they're branching this. They are giving you the skeleton of the movie in the background right now. I think that's awesome. So at this point, everything falls apart in the laboratory. The devil's lake impaler gets free. Man, that was easy. And starts impaling everybody, doing what he likes to do. Fun fact, the Devil's Lake Impaler is one Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes, that sounds familiar, Otis. Yes, because he's a wrestler. It's gold dust. (laughs) So if you watched 90s WWF, he dressed up in all gold and had a wig on. He liked to kick people in the dick. It was his favorite thing to do. Solid (laughs) gold. And his younger brother is Cody Rhodes. Yeah, he's in WWE right now with that terrible tattoo on his neck. So this is another movie with a secret wrestler as the killer in it. Just like in Dave Made a Maze, when we see my boy John Morrison and just being a muscled up minotaur, cardboard minotaur, we got another wrestler. So I thought that was really fun when I saw him. So at this point in the movie, 
the people are dying left and right. And it's it's kind of like in Cabin in the Woods where everything just kind of goes sideways at this point. So Christine, she gets shot by the group. So the stoner pulls out a little pistola at his pocket and they hear a noise at the door and he just shoots up the door and one of the girls dies. And it's like, oh, now Chad is trying his best to line up everybody because in a scary movie, people die in a specific order. And someone asks him, like, well, what, what are you doing here? What's your job? He's like, I'm the guy that knows everything. So he knows he's going to die soonish. So it's kind of like that story I was saying I wanted to do. So he tells the stoner to stay away from the black guy. And he's like, why? He's like, you, you, you'll see. You'll see. And out of nowhere, an axe just beelines it toward the guy's back and just demolishes him. And so increased projectile accuracy, probably the axe kill. <laughs> And friendly fire is Christine getting shot. So as they are running at this point, we see the jock. He tries to fight against the Devil's Lake Impaler and gets destroyed. He gets one of his arms ripped off and used as a knife and gets his head impaled. I was like, God damn, Uh, this killer is hardcore. Zoe, the final girl, quotation mark. Uh, it is absolutely found out that she is not the final girl because she gets killed and they find out that she has had a lot of sex. And it's like, I'm not a virgin. They're like, wait, what? what? I'm not a virgin. They're like, but you're the final girl. You're supposed to be a virgin. That's how it works. And she does. So we have Chad, the stoner, and what is her name? Jessica, I believe, is the hopeful final girl and then out of the darkness hopefully someone can save them yeah it's joe bob briggs so i don't understand if he got grabbed by these people or he was just around in the neighborhood but joe bob says that hey i know we're in a horror movie chad you know we're in a horror movie they don't know it so we gotta get them out of here and chad is like can i call you dad and he's like you're weird (laughs) he keeps trying to give him a hug yeah, <laughs> and I didn't realize he he was dressing just like Joe Bob, uh, with the bolo tie and the shirt. Except I was like, it was all white instead of the the uh, jeans. Yeah, that like jean color he's got. Yeah, uh, it's 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 very cute. So they learned from just info that the Impaler became a serial killer after a group of frat boys killed his little buddy Jimmy. So they were doing like this Big Brother situation. And the kid had like cancer. And so he was, and they showed us a little flashback, and he's like at the park with the kid. And I was like, this is so cute. And then he's pushing the kid on the swings. And then they go back to the swings, and the swings are empty. <laughs> His face gets sad as the swing comes back to him. I was like, oh, Jimmy, no. <laughs> and so that's why the impaler is impaling people because he's sad that Jimmy. Is, is is gone so unfortunately joe bob he runs off to turn on the power so they can get out using the elevator and joe bob flies through a wall the impaler fucked up joe bob and joe bob tells chad to come closer he's like closer closer and he tells him you're a moron and chad really thought he was gonna say i'm proud of you or i love you or anything like that and he's like yeah that, that makes more sense and joe bob dies so chad gets brave he grabs joe bob's cowboy hat puts it on and he's like you mess with the bull you get the horns so you know breakfast club and he gets what his arm ripped off and punched through the face his face disappears and that's the end of chad i was like oh my god he's like kind of was the main character i like that the killer kind of just like leans down and looks through the hole at the camera almost yeah <laughs> and then the stoner is like yeah he knows what he's doing he 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 knows what he's doing, and then it happens, and he like just backs up, and then backs up into the into the elevator. like, well, yeah. He was like, that, "That's he wanted to go out that way." He was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And they just kind of get quiet on the elevator. So they make it outside, hooray! And the killer actually meets up with Sam first. Sam is returning a VHS to the horror emporium. And gets murdered by the Impaler. What he gets stabbed and goes, owie. <laughs> or he gets his like stomach cut open. And Sam goes down. So 
the stoner comes up with a plan to kill the impaler. So he runs off for half a second and shaves his head shittily and dresses like a little kid. And he goes up to the killer. And he's like, hey, it's me, Jimmy. You remember me? Jimmy, I beat the cancer. And then Paler's like, holy shit, it's my little buddy, Jimmy. And as he's distracted, the final girl zaps the shit out of him. He's standing in water and she uses like a fucking, I don't know, a wire from like the store and electrocutes the shit out of the Impaler. Hooray, they killed the Impaler. They hop into the car. The car won't start. And it finally hits the stoner because he read this info earlier that God damn it. We have to be more than 14 meters away from him for the car to start. And then the stoner realizes what's about to happen. He goes, oh, man, I got to touch him. God damn it. Oh, no. And stoner knows he could die. This He's not the final girl. <laughs> so he's like, I don't want to die. So the final girl tells him, he's like, he actually, he brings up, he's like, you think I could be the final, final boy? He's like, go out there and be the final man. And so he starts dragging the body and in silence. And then we see in front of the car, Stoner get ripped in half like a wishbone. <laughs> she turns the car on as, yeah. soon as, as soon as he's far enough away. So the final girl runs the impaler over and she gets the fuck out of there. I was like, awesome. She, she got away. So she wakes up. So at some point she passed out in the car and she wakes up. And looks next to her, and he palers in the car with her and stabs her. And she wakes up again. I was like, oh, okay, the final scare. Okay, cool, cool, cool. The impaler's in the back seat and stabs her. I was like, what the fuck? She wakes up one more time. I was like, okay, they did a double fake. I haven't seen a double fake in a long time. She looks in the back seat. The impaler is actually in the back seat, and she instinctively moves out of the way. This is real life. He actually got in the car and just waited for her to wake up, I guess. So as he is stuck in the car, because she put the child lock on and she leaves, she meets up with Mike from the cold open. And so I guess Mike found his way into this movie and he finally understands what he's here to do. He throws a cigarette at the car and the car explodes. It gets to trail some gasoline or something. Don't worry about it. The car explodes and Mike and the final girl run away. As the car explodes. And that is Scare Packet. Uh, there are tons of nods to different things in this movie. Like I said, I am not giving this movie the justice it deserves. I will say there is one really cool thing. There was a map in the last segment. So while they weren't, uh, when they weren't referencing alien or aliens with the radar and the little blips on the screen, there were different locations in this underground warehouse, scientifical warehouse. So there was the Cinebite Cafe, so Hellraiser. Last Records Room on the left, so Last House on the left. Server Room 237 from The Shining. Outpost 31 from The Thing. VHS Archives from VHS. Delta 88 from Evil Dead, that's his car. And there was one more I saw that made me smile. But like I said, in the background, of just anything down there it's some some nod or something to a scary movie oh the jock he's dressed up like glenn from the first nightmare on elm street with a way too short shirt so he's dressed like um johnny depp Jinx. <laughs> so katie what story was your favorite in scare package i really liked girls night out of body yeah uh i thought that it was really clever um how these girls who had no idea that they were being stalked by like a murderer ended up becoming the murderer and killing this yeah, dude they jumped like, him good <laughs> that was awesome and i really liked the makeup of the masks that they wore when they turned like after having licked this weird skull lollipop it reminded me kind of of um red skull from captain america oh, yeah. but more indented and it was like their the bottom part of their jaw was normal but the it was just like the top part it was really cool looking uh emma i don't really know which one was my favorite i really i enjoyed them um 
but I got a huge kick out of the camping one. That one made me giggle a lot. So I'm going to go with the whatever the woods one was called. Micah. I am also going to go with One Night in the Woods. I thought the humor was absolutely top notch. <laughs> uh, when he he was complaining, he's like, "Oh my god, no! You have to help me! I'm gonna kill you! Anybody have any silver?" And she they're like freaking out, freaking out. And one of the girls I'm throws her earring. And she throws her earring at him, and she's like, "What? It's fake!" And the the guy's like, "What? The guy said he he gave me a really good deal. I I didn't know." <laughs> and then. Uh, the guy ends up pulling out the the handcuffs or whatever, and he like gets halfway to goo and before it stops, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you, you could have stopped it sooner, but I, you know, I guess that's cool." Oh, and, and he's like sitting there, is all the all there getting chased and everything, and he's just, "Uh oh, I think my eyes are gonna pop out now." <laughs> And then he's just like sarcastic the whole time and all the like the bikers showing up randomly and getting an axe to the dick and then like running through the the woods and getting impaled in the face like it just it was absolutely ridiculous and the humor was just absolutely incredible. I I wanted more of that. Like I want a whole horror movie with that style of humor cuz that that was just awesome. <laughs> Other than that, I really enjoyed the uh um Maybe not the whole ending per se, but at least when they're in the facility and especially when they're like, oh, here's the here's the murderer. And she's like, oh, well, wait, what? The the impaler. And, and she's like, OK, you got to run. He's he's going to get you. So you got to run. Oh, nope, she she died. All right. Bring out the next one. <laughs> oh, nope, nope. She's dead, too. Oh, well, let's keep going. <laughs> Oh, and then just the ridiculousness of, of uh, Joe Bob's character coming out. And then, you know, my, my favorite thing throughout the movie was that him and uh, uh, what's his uh, what's the Chad. Chad and Mike kept trying to get hugs. Like all they wanted was a hug and they just couldn't get it because every time they go in, like at the end, Mike trying to get a hug from the final girl. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh OK. <laughs> I just love stupid little humor like that. That just that just keeps me going. <laughs> Otis. So yeah, I'm going with horror hypothesis. The yeah, the last 40 minutes of this movie was absolutely amazing to me. I love just meta stories. I love when the director can be like, oh yeah, so I understand what I want to do with this. I'm going to add in a lot of just silly shit in the background everywhere. And then I'm just going to make this hokey ass scary movie that knows it's a scary movie. And people are trying to actively get out of this scary movie. I think it's one of the coolest ideas you can do. And it was really fun. And seeing the final girl become the final girl was really awesome. When like Chad was like, oh, no, you got to be a slut, right? Because she's the tough looking one. She's got to be the final girl. And just, you know, everyone's ideas were turned around. It's like, no, it's it's the the nice looking one. She becomes the final girl and the tough girl. She was looking the wrong way and got stabbed. So I was like, yeah, you should have been watching. <laughs> but no, I loved it. And the beginning part, like the, the actual frame narrative with Chad and Han, Han trying to like figure out why Chad is hiding things from him. I thought that was really funny. There's one line Sam says, he's like, do you know what a Goldie Han is? <laughs> He's like, that's when you pee on someone named Han. And it's like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> why did he? It's just, Sam was a ridiculous person and just kept messing with this kid. And he, he just wanted to work. He just wanted to work. Uh, I, I like, he's like, I'm going to be here for as long as it takes until I get the job that I, that I deserve. <laughs> I, I love it. So Katie, what was your least favorite story in this movie? My least favorite was Mr. <laughs> and if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, it should come as no surprise to you because I hate misogyny <laughs> and the garbage that was just that entire thing. Um, I liked the werewolf twist, I guess. and the, But the cult thing at the end didn't make any sense. I just hated the dudes. Like th that whole meeting that was like a majority of this uh, skit was horrific to listen to. Emma. <laughs> Mister, because it was problematic for all the reasons you just listed. Micah. 
Uh, I think my least favorite was Cold Open. The the idea of it was super meta and funny, but I don't know. It just it didn't really hit the mark. The rest of the movie kind of made up for it. I mean, it was it was a really funny open and and everything like that, but. I don't know, just him showing up to their house, and he's like, well, oh, i got to get in there. And, he, and she's like, yeah, you got the, the crazy murdery part down pretty well. And she, <laughs> um, um, hey, I, I think your friend needs help. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, I mean, it, it's not like I hated any of these, but I guess that was just my least favorite. So it's it's funny. I was trying to figure out which one was my least favorite, and I enjoyed all of them. But there was one sentence that kept popping out of my like brain when I was thinking about them. And some of them just needed a little more time. And it makes sense. There were seven stories in this. And boy, howdy, some of them got time. So it's like, they can't all be longer. But for Cold Open, Mr. and Girls Night Out of Body, I wanted more from them. And it made me mad when I didn't get any. We don't, we don't even know why the guy was fighting the werewolves. I think the bartender was a vampire because he was drinking a bloody Mary at the end. And then some of the lines he said sounded like vampire things. So for a second, I thought the husband was going to be a vampire. Maybe the whole cult was vampire. Yeah. But then he didn't show teeth. And I was like, Oh fuck. I thought he was going to be a vampire. And like I said, I just wanted more from that world. And I was like, why did he find those werewolves? Like, did he know they were werewolves or did he just, assume like i just needed like another like five ten minutes of of time just like what girls night out of body i don't know who that stalker was i guess we don't need to know but stalker got his ass kicked <laughs> and cold open i just needed a little bit more i'm happy we saw mike at the end of the movie where he got his wish he's like i i want to help i want to be at the end of the movie and help out and he got to he, he burnt up the impaler So I guess my least favorite is just stories with not enough time. Okay, so let's do seven word synopsis. I got two of them. My first one is finally a narrative that's better than shorts. Like I said, we watch the VHSs and it's like, oh, okay, they're watching the movies. Okay, cool. Hey, that story was great. And my last one is movies inside movie, inside movie, inside movie. So the cold open was a story in Rad Chad's story, which was its own horror movie. And all the other stories were stories in that movie, which was a movie. So I think it was four layers of movie. It's just Inception. Yeah, it's it's, it's Inception. I think it's a four layer. Which is Inception. Yeah, which is what the movie they did in the movie Inception. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking about it. I was like, damn, this is super meta. And Chad says it. Four layers. No one's ever gone four layers. It's too deep. (laughs) Yeah, Chad says, he's like, that's really meta. I don't know if that'd work out. Katie. Acting was meh. Effects were terrifier quality. Yeah, there was some really good stuff in this. Yeah, the effects in this movie were great. Um, It was kind of on par with like terrifier or victor crowley like solid effects practical effects and that's always good and then a frame narrative that makes sense wow (laughs) micah all right i actually got a few for this one uh when it first opens up and he's just kind of standing in the middle of like the dirt road and everything (laughs) all i could think of was end of laneway don't come up the prop don't come up property (laughs) (laughs) Um, can you kind of like consolidate the goo? He's dead now. Have sex with me, because <laughs> all of her boyfriends get killed by the murderer. This movie will make your head explode. And then I have a couple actually really average, good to be true, from the cold open when they were like, "I feel like this is too good to be true," and he said, "Actually, it's just a really average, good to be true." <laughs> Uh, and then the guy's shirt, want to talk about Jesus? Let us pray. Amen. And then my two alliteratives, kitschy COVID-created collection causes countless cackles. And then training takes turn twisting tropes to tails. So this film technically came out June 18th, 2020 on Shudder, but it came out earlier, October 4th. 
at the, and I'm going to mess this name up like I did before, the Sitges Film Festival in 2019. And then in 2020, it debuted on Shudder. So it's it's been around for a bit. So obviously, there is no budget or box office. So I'm actually very curious financially what the directors got for this. Because like Micah said, the effects look really, really good for everything like uh, we've seen shorts in other movies where it's like oh that was bad you know uh, abc is a deaf too like i said they tried they made they have one movie more than me but when old guy just came out of a portal clip art portal in the corner of the screen it was like i'm gonna kill you i was like that's not good but uh the movies look great in this so i'm very curious financially what it did so minority Kill count. So once again, this is one of those weird ones where it's just way too many things to count. Uh, let me see. Cold open. Mm, actually, one girl was Asian. The two babysitters. Yeah. yeah. So we got one in that. One time in the woods, uh, the dude that got smushed, he was brown. I don't know what he was. That's two. In Mr. We don't know. They were vampire or werewolves. Werewolves. But the one werewolf from You're the Worst... I don't think he's what? No, he's 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 quite, he's, white. he's quite white. Oh, take it off. Take it off. Girls night out of body. They ain't dead. They just got cool spiffy skull faces now. Yeah. And the night he came back again, the pre-med doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so much to do. I guess the ghost guy mm-hmm. that got his oh, ass. He for kicked. sure died. Oh yeah. Because they buried him alive. Mm-hmm. So that's what are you doing? I'm I'm, I'm burying you. and then han yeah han gets killed and i think that's it everybody else i believe was white oh the black guy (laughs) there's always a black guy six we got six so the new number is 352 a tito turtle and a house and a plane full of vampires so, does anybody have anything else to say about Scare Package? It's it's good comedy horror. We we need more of that because that kind of just it it leans into good storytelling is when it's actually kind of funny, especially you know making fun of tropes and stuff like that. Like it's it's happened over the years, especially with like spoof horror, but it's not exactly spoof. It was like Easter egg horror instead. So instead of like taking the stories and then just doing them in a funny way. It was adding those little little tidbits and like using some of the, you know, I don't know, like main props and, and stuff where it was just like, oh, OK, that's cute. I get it. I see what you did there. And instead of like taking something and like changing the name like a Dollar Tree Marvel toy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just enough that you don't have to pay for the rights. Yep. <laughs> uh, I said it earlier. This is a fun movie. I really liked it. And we will review Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge. How does he how can he get revenge when he's dead? We'll see. So, and we'll do we'll do that in October. That's obviously gonna be one of our choices. I'm very pumped. I will say, and I'll tell everybody here, uh, mm, I don't know if I should say nah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell y'all. One of the stories, the whole cast from host, they come back and they do a story together. So all the girls. You know what? Scare Package 2? Scare Package 2. <laughs> Katie's face. She's like, what? what? Uh, yes, they That's do a story. Awesome. I saw a picture. So I'm very pumped to see all the girls back. I wonder if it's going to be found footagey. Uh, I bet they're all going to die. Um, I'm very pumped. I've seen some reviews of it. People say the stories are really, really good. Um, I just hope the overarching story is ridiculous like this one. Cover. So this is the end of anthology month so real quick i'm gonna ask everybody which movie do they like the best in this month so we start with vhs viral that's the third one that i've been avoiding this whole time then the abc's of death that's the crazy one and then abc's of death 2 that's the one that was a little bit better and then scare package so katie which movie did you like the most this month i think i'm gonna say ABCs of Death 2, though it's a very narrow margin between that movie and Scare Package. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I loved the way that ABCs of Death 2 was put together. I appreciated how different it was from ABCs of Death 1 um, and how how drastically they changed like a bunch of the shit that they were doing in the first one and how much better the stories yeah. were and just the quality. Uh, yeah, it was great. Emma? Uh, scare package, for sure. I just, it was very kitschy and funny. I do have to agree that coming in second for me would be ABCs of Death 2. But uh, if if we're going in order of 1, 2, 3, 4, it's Scare Package, ABCs of Death 2, VHS Viral, and then ABCs of Death 1. But yeah, I'm going to have to go with Scare Package. It was just, it was it was cute. I really liked it. Micah. Uh yeah, this this one, Scare Package, was my favorite. I enjoy good comedy horror that isn't necessarily a spoof, but is also kind of a spoof at the same time. So good on ya. I'm I'm gonna go and I'm torn. I love showing off the ABCs of depth to people, even though it is a gamut. You get good, you get the bad with it, but I love showing people the second one. Because there's some really good ones. M is for Masticate. I love showing people that. It's just a dude on bath salts. It's hilarious to see. <laughs> bath salt? Fuck yeah, I'll do some bath salts. Yeah, it, it just, it, it's worth wading through all the crap to see those beautiful gems in it. But Scare Package is, is fucking great. Every time I watch it, it puts a smile on my face. So I'm going to go with Scare Package. And uh-oh, oh, the pin's coming out. The pin's coming out. I put a star on it. Let's see if uh, let's see if it makes it to the end of the year and comes up there. Uh, I am gonna put ABC the Deaf Two on there too because I love that movie. So <laughs> another star. So with that, that is the end of this episode. So if you have any other cool fun facts about I don't know, goo that has teeth and shit, don't get close to me. Or you can tweet us at Alan Tom Pod. We have an email. It is Alan Tom Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook at Alan Tom Presents. So that was episode 287 in the books in a pocket out of sight. And that's the end of Antho- and that's the end of anthology horror movies. So I have no fucking clue what next month's gonna be, but I will work it out. So the music you listen to right now that is flipping the combined effort, flipping the CE anywhere you can find them. The studio beats us. Thank you so much for the artwork. I need to talk to you about this October. Boy howdy, that's coming up. So I I love doing this, and we're almost 300 movies. I'm very pumped. Uh, Katie has tracked out when 300 will actually happen. I think it's in October, she said. No, it's like the end of September. Hey. Right before October. I'll have to think up a really good one. Whatever the, the genre is, I'll think up <laughs> one of the best movies I can. Or we'll just do some shitty. <laughs> so... Like always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another scary movie. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Toots. I feel as though we have become the embodiment of what the internet has done to movie reviewers. Consolidating the goo.